How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees. Double upload today. Some news dropping on Glaber Torres talking about his future with the Yankees. I'm sure you're going to be interested to hear what he has to say because my man Glaber wants to be a Yankee for life, among many other players that have not unfortunately stayed with us over the years. But Glaber is a good talent. We like him. You know, he's a really good dude. Good locker room presence, good offensive player last season. Question is, can he put it all together, showcase the defensive efficiency, the base running efficiency, and maintain his offensive upside? So we're pretty excited about his upcoming season. We think he could have a really good one. And the truth is, he's, what, 26, 27 years old. He's young. He's going to get paid 18 to $20 million per season on a long-term deal. He can be an asset for us. And look, the truth is, he might be a bottom half of the order hitter this year. And that's a very good problem to have if you're the Yankees, because that means you know you have one of your best offensive weapons hitting the bottom half. And that's... You know, we, we all know about bad bottom half of the orders um, over the last couple of years. So, you know, Ryan, talking about Gleyber Torres, his value. Right now, I'm about a 50-50 on extending him, on the probability of the Yankees extending him. I love him, would love to keep him. But I just don't know how realistic it is if we also want to pay Juan Soto. So we'll discuss this. Obviously, what uh, Gleyber Torres had to say about it. But before we do, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing excellent. I mean, look at the situation the Yankees are in right now. Obviously, you mentioned their lineup depth. Having Glaber Torres is a guy who doesn't have to be their like two-hitter or their three-hitter this year. That will be occupied by both uh, Juan Soto and Aaron Judge, who are arguably the two best hitters in all of baseball. But as it pertains to Glaber Torres' future... It's a weird situation, right? Because on one hand, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world for the Yankees to keep him long-term. He is entering his age 27 season. If they were to extend him, he would, let's say they give him a six-year deal, he'll be through his age 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, and 32 seasons. He'll hit free agency at 33. You get him for his entire prime. But here's the caveat. The Yankees have a lot of financial commitments. They would have to shuffle some money around, number one. And number two, you really don't want to put yourself in a situation where, you know, you're hamstringing yourself, where the New York Yankees can't say, all right, we're just going to give Juan Soto whatever it takes to bring him back. And on top of that, you know, they maybe want to make a starting pitching condition. You know, they, they're going to be charged 110% against the tax. So you're not just paying Gleyber Torres, you know, all right, you're just paying him this, you're paying him that, whatever. Um, you know, you're, you're paying him let's say $20 million a year. Yeah, but you have to add a $110 million, 110% tax on top of that. So um, that's pretty substantial money. Uh, that's, I believe, $42 million towards the luxury taxes. They're just 20. That's notable. Uh, and again, I just want to emphasize, I don't think it's a matter of the Yankees saying, yeah, he's not good. If the Yankees believed that Clay Torres wasn't a, con a contributor for this team, I think they would have dealt him in the offseason. They were very eager to deal him before. In 2022, they nearly traded him uh, to the Miami Marlins, and that fell through, and it wasn't because the Yankees pulled their offer. It's because the Marlins did, and that's an important distinction to make here. The Yankees were not the ones who decided to not have Gleyber Torres traded. The Marlins were. So, you know, I, I think the difference in approach, the difference in philosophy in terms of whether they want to keep Gleyber or not has changed in the sense of, I think they know he's a valuable player to them. Um, I think they know they don't have a direct replacement right now. But I think another thing to look at is they want to keep their options open, right? You want to take a look at Jorbit Vivas. You want to take a look at Oswald Peraz. You want to take a look at Caleb Durbin and say, all right, are any of these guys going to stand out and, you know, play well and, you know, potentially earn major league jobs and, and do enough to earn major league spots? Or are we going to have to revisit this conversation with Gleyber Torres? He wants to be here, um, you know, and, and barring a, a horrible thing happening between management and player over the next, you know, six or seven months, 
I'm imagining that sentiment will remain the same, Alex. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Gleyber Torres will still want to be a Yankee for the rest of his career um, come the, this upcoming October or November. And, you know, if the Yankees were to win a World Series, or hell, even if the Yankees weren't to win a World Series, I think that sentiment will remain the same. You know, does that mean a hometown discount? I don't know. Like, would he take like a, like, would he take a $100 million deal over like six years? Because I would do that. And I would do that in a heartbeat. And I think that's good, very good market value for a player like Glaber. Um, But it, it just comes down to how good of a year he has this year. Look, he puts up a 135 WRC plus and a four war season. I'm sorry, the guy should go get top of the dollar value. And I obviously have a rooting interest here as a Yankee fan to for the Yankees to land Gleyber Torres um, at below market value. Um, but from a standpoint of let's let's look at this from Gleyber's perspective, he should be chasing $150 million. He should be chasing as much money as possible. The Yankees were cutthroat with him. He has every right to be cutthroat with them, but he hasn't been. And that's not to say Brian Cashman's this evil person and we should all you know look at Brian Cashman and say, how dare you treat Gleyber Torres like this, this, or that. It is a business, guys, and, you know, you, we are all much more cutthroat with our comments about whether players should be here or not. I mean, we're sitting here saying this guy should get cut, that guy should get cut, this guy should be traded, this guy isn't good enough, whatever it may be. You know, management's a lot less uh, brutal about that in terms of just uh, upward honesty. Um, so, you know, I, I think the big thing here, Alex, and, and kind of to wrap up my point here, obviously the Yankees would be better off with Glibertor's long term. But it's not as simple as just throw money at every player who improves your team. You have to look at what you have internally. You have to look at some of the upcoming financial commitments you might have to make. And of course, you have to just let the season play out. What if the Yankees aren't very good? Should they keep spending money or should they tear it down? Who knows? So um, I, I think that the big thing here is that they have a lot to figure out. And I don't know if they know the, they have the answers to all the questions they want to have answers to before they give Gleyber Torres long-term money. Absolutely. And look... I think uh, if it came down to it, you know, he has an okay season and his market value isn't astronomical, maybe the Yankees do consider bringing him back. But right now, I just don't know how it's financially possible. You know, I, I think that with Juan Soto's deal and you're not really clearing that much salary. I know you have Anthony Rizzo departing. So if, if you kind of usher in a new group of youngsters, you got J Jason Dominguez. Like there, there's some young guys coming in here that could help keep costs down. But I'll, I'll throw in another kind of wrench into the equation here. What happens if Oswald Peraza has a good season? You know, Peraza is obviously a pretty interesting variable in this equation. He's taking over that DJ LeMahieu infield utility role. So he's going to get a lot of innings. He's going to get a lot of uh, reps. And I think that if Peraza, who we know to be a gold glove level defensive player, shows some upside offensively, we know that he has basically no, uh, you know, time, uh, service time accumulated up to this point. There is a conversation to have, like, what kind of numbers do you have to see from Peraza to feel as though he could be the future at second base? You know, he has, what, um, like a less than a year. He has basically no service time. He has one minor league option left. He's 23 years old. He can play every infield spot, so you could use him as a versatile weapon. Um, we saw a glimpse of his potential over 18 games in 2022 when he had a 147 WRC+, plus, hit 306 with a 404 OBP. A flash in the pan. Comes back last year over 52 games. Really doesn't do anything at all hits 191 with a 267 OBP, a 226.2% strikeout rate, well above his averages. Maybe wasn't feeling all that healthy. Maybe wasn't feeling all that confident in himself. Um, a down season. You know, what does he have to hit for you? Like the zips have, and, and you know, let's say he's a steamer. His steamer projections have him hitting 245 with a 312 OBP, 397 slugging, and a 97 WRC plus. I think that's you know league average. If he's a league average hitter and maintains his gold glove quality defensively, 
I see enough upside to move on from Glaber Torres and have Peraza take over as a much cheaper alternative. What do you have to see from Peraza to feel as though he can be our long-term second baseman? Because think about it like this, like he's just kind of getting started in the MLB. He has a lot of time. If he comes in in a 100 WRC+, plus, I feel as though I'm comfortable moving on from Glaber because of that upside. Of course, I'd love to keep him, but if it comes between keeping Glaber Torres and signing Juan Soto, I think all of us are in the boat of signing Soto. Unfortunately, that's probably what it's going to come down to, especially if the, if the Yankees want to make additional pitching um, moves next offseason. Yeah, so the big thing for me is that I believe the New York Yankees, uh, you know, I, I think Oswald Peraza, I look at him and I say, I think he has to hit a little bit more than a 97 WRC+. plus. I'm I'm going to be honest. I need like a, a 105. I think that's a fair number. Not 110, just 105. As you mentioned, he's a really good defender, and I think that's the big thing for me here. He's a great defender, and I think that that'll help him a lot. Um, but I don't believe the New York Yankees should rely on Oswald Peraza if he's not an above-average hitter. Um, you know, I, I think that the New York Yankees have a lot of the, the ability for them to develop hitting talent. You know, it's kind of been touch and go, right? Like we've seen them, you know, it's been gaps, right? Like 2018, you have Glaber and Duhar come up. You have in 2017, obviously Sanchez and, and Judge come up. But since then, they really haven't had a prospect come up. And over the course of a full season, I want to clarify, because obviously we saw how Jason Dominguez erupted. You know, we haven't seen a guy come up and just mash, right? We haven't seen a guy come up and be a rookie of the year contender. Look, I know Volpe got rookie of the year, some like down ballot votes to be like third or fourth in the voting. I don't know. Uh, but it's not enough for me to sit here and say, oh yeah, this, you know, it was it was an outstanding, unbelievable offensive season for him. I'm not saying to say Volpe's a bust or anything like that, but you know, they need to kind of prove their mettle a little bit with developing hitters at the major league level. I think they're certainly capable of it at the minor league level. And I think they will be capable of it at the major league level. I'm, sur I'm sure guys will translate. Um, but I, I understand why Brian Cashman is not going to say, I know Oswald Pro is going to hit because he hasn't, right? I know Jordan Villas is going to hit because he hasn't. You know, we haven't seen that yet. Um, and, and considering that you have Juan Soto on this team, you know, you have the idea that you're going to extend Juan Soto long term. You have to be in a contention window. You, you you are in a contention window. Garrett Cole isn't young forever. Aaron Judge isn't in his prime forever. You know, these things aren't going to last an eternity. Um, so, you know, I, I think Peraz has to prove a little bit more. I, I think an ideal number is a 105 WRC+. Plus. Look, the speed and base running, the uh, speed, base running, and defense mean that, you know, if he's around a 105 WRC plus hitter, he might be able to match or even eclipse Glaber Torres in war value. Um, and I think that's where you would look at it and say, all right, yep, he's certainly going to be the guy. Uh, but I think the guy that has the higher chance to surplant uh, Torres is Jorbit Vivas. And I say that because I think his left-hand swing is perfect for the Bronx. He displayed a lot of, you know, prowess with his uh, base running last year. And the glove at second base is pretty good. He's left-handed. He could certainly help this team with more balance. Um, and, and, you know, if he gives you, I think he's capable of being like a 105, 110 WRC plus hitter with solid defense and, a good, and, and you know, a uh, good base running value. And you've got him hitting sixth or seventh on your team. He's got good contact skills, good plate skills as a whole. That's certainly a nice improvement. I think I just, I'm not saying I'm out on Peraza, but I think the stock is falling fast. And I think you can agree with me there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has fallen um, over the last couple of years. But look, he he has an opportunity to right the ship. He has an opportunity to show what he can do. So that may play a big part in the future of, of Glaber Torres with the Yankees. But we know he wants to be here for life. Even despite all the times they've tried to trade him, he remains steadfast in saying that he doesn't want to leave. He loves being here. And like that's... You know, you don't find players like that all the time. Like, the criticism, he answers the call. A big hit, he makes it. Like, you know, he's had a couple of uh, issues. He's had a couple of gaffes. But for the most part, also been very durable over the last couple seasons. So, like, 
you know, Glaber is a pretty great Yankee for the most part, like a good player for us, and he, and I think he'll continue to be. So it would be really difficult to move on from him, but, you know, I see the avenue where the Yankees are, are cornered into a spot where it's Juan Soto or it's Glaber Torres. But I will float the idea out that says this. Glaber Torres is earning $20 million, or rather, what, $15 million this year, 50 mil? And then Juan Soto is making $31 million. So estimation, I'd say Juan Soto probably gets a pay increase of about $45 million per season. So an additional 14 mil. That covers Glaber Torres' contract. Um, however, you know, if if he if his money is the equivalent of Glaber Torres and his current salary now, and then you have Anthony Rizzo departing, you could theoretically move that twenty million from Rizzo's deal over to Glaber Torres, and you know that could be an that could be a way to to supplement the revenue. Also, you have Alex Verdugo is making like five mil, and he's obviously gone. Um, you know, most likely we'll see Jason Dominguez, Spencer Jones take over roles there. Um, Long term scenario, you have you know. Eventually, Stanton will come off the books. Eventually, DJ LeMayu will come off the books. You know, we have Clay Holmes come, becoming a free agent next year. I don't think the Yankees bring him back because I think he's going to be pretty expensive, and I don't think the Yankees are keen. I think they'll probably move Ian Hamilton into that role, have some good young arms developing in the system that could become solid. So there are ways. There are ways to keep labor. Um, it really depends on what their what their priorities are. Is it pitching? Is it infield support? Is it outfield support? We don't know. Ben Rice. That's the guy I'm looking at right now. Um, however, they can move DJ LeMahieu to first base full time, and they can move uh, Oswald Peraza to second or third. You know, we, it, we can see how that unfolds. Um, but maybe Ben Rice takes over first base if he continues to to progress and showcase what he can do in the minor league system. But guys, always happy to hear your thoughts below on Glaber Torres and his contract in the future. If you think the Yankees will give him one, uh, so that'll be an interesting one to keep track of over the next couple of months if not the next year but as always make sure to like and subscribe and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside yankees episode